0: Okay, very good day to all of you listeners out there. Welcome back to another episode of Season 6. And joining me today is Lyra. Hello. And we want to discuss all the things that we've been talking about the past few episodes. But today, we want to specifically talk about the American speaker elections, which just concluded a few days ago. Yep. And of course, when you hear the word speaker, right, I mean, what, what comes to your mind? Now, of course, you have read a lot, you have researched, but Previously, what comes to your mind when you hear the word speaker?
1: I guess it's just someone who like, makes sure that the parliamentarians do their work, that's all.
0: So we, we think about like like Pandika Amin yeah. or Arif Yusuf, yep. Ad Harun or Henayo in Selangor. Yep. Yep. Uh, by the way, Won Sungko used to be a speaker in Sarawak Adun. So it's kind of like a master of ceremony, but with very, very little power. I, I think that's the impression, right? But I think. Yeah. When we look at the American politics and especially their Congress, I think we'll be surprised at how powerful a speaker is. So I think we're just going to do a quick overview of the American Congress and very quick rundown. Because one of the things, Lyra, I realized in Malaysia is that people don't really have a good feel of American politics. No, they don't. I remember when I was studying, even when in Australia, every time we talk about American law, people were like, ah, it doesn't concern us. (laughs) But of course, in recent time, we realized so many things they are doing are so applicable to us, the way they decentralize, the way they really appreciate freedom of expressions. So I really believe we want to do this because there is a lesson to be learned. And that's why I want to go through it. So talking about the American Congress, so like Malaysia, they have two houses. The lower house is called House of Representatives. So they have 423 seats. And then they have the upper house, which is Senate, 100. Now, here's the big difference with Malaysia. You know, our upper house, Dewan Negara, really is like...
1: Like a rubber stamp. It's really
0: a rubber stamp. They come back, they'll discuss a bit. Because even if they disagree with their own rakyat, the motions the law still pass through hmm. so I, I don't know what's the purpose you know but in us both house actually have unique power and so the lower house house of representatives so it's a, a bit mouthful so typically they drive the legislation i mean they will initiate law now the senate can also create law which is very very unique because in westminster system the so in uk you have the house of lords yep. which is the upper house they, they don't drive legislation but in US, you can have law coming from Senate, not as frequently, okay? Then they also, now one of the biggest job they have is to approve budget. And that is one of the things that we're going to talk about because I think that's one of the major fights in the election. Then another very interesting thing is the House of Representatives, they are only there for two years. Every two years, you have to go through an election cycle. Whereas in Malaysia, it's five years, right? People vote once, and then they just kind of clean our hands. But the Senate, six years. Very interesting. And I heard once uh, some commentator was saying that, look, the House of Representatives, two years. Why two years? Because it concerned the daily activity, things important to a normal citizen. Whereas Senates are a bit kind of overview, they look at appointment of judges, they they look at appointment of uh, the ratification or treaties and things. Like. So they're more... I won't say high level, but maybe more overview kind of mm. role compared to the House of Representatives. And this is where I think it helps us to understand the whole concept of midterm. And I have some people coming to ask me because we use the word midterm. right? I mean, we just assume people know, but yeah. it's like people don't really understand what is midterm, right? So I think we we can just quickly talk about it. So you have president for four years, five years. And then during the middle, of his term, because remember we say the House of Representatives, two years. Mm. So after two years, the entire House of Representatives will go for re-election. But then because Senate is six years, so one third of them. So midterm is where you have the entire House of Representatives go for vote. And then you have one third of Senate, and then you have many, many states uh, going for their own election. So in Malaysia, we used to have just Sabah and Sarawak on one side, West Malaysia, but now it's like, oh, yeah. jumpo already, right? Because yeah. of different governments. So it, it's good. I, I feel like it, it creates more participation. It creates more decentralizations. And so so that's why you look at American democracy. Every time, every two years, you have to vote. And each time you vote, you have to vote for many things. You, know? you vote for your uh, state representative. You vote for House of Representatives. You vote for Senate sometimes you vote for AG, you vote for judges. It's like one election, you can be voting for 10 persons. So yeah, I mean, we talk about participation. They are really a moral of that. Now we want to talk about the recent elections and, and that's where we come with the the word speaker, right? So, so I asked you earlier on, you know, what you think of speaker, but Lara, maybe you'd like to just share with our audience and listeners, who is the speaker? I mean, not the person, but the position. How would you describe the speaker of the house or representative?
1: Yeah, I would say like what you mentioned earlier on. People don't realize the significance of a speaker. Mm-hmm. So speaker here, of course, you're not referring to the, <laughs> speaker, but um, it's really like the the second person in line mm. after the VP. Yeah. So that really just goes to show how important this person is. So it's like if let's say you have a president that suddenly pass away then VP also pass away, then this person becomes the next person mm-hmm. in succession. So that just goes to show how important this person yep, is. Yep. But also I think it's also very interesting because they go for election every two years. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of check and balances, except you don't get like a person that just stays on in power for a long, long time. Although like House Speaker generally, I think they have a tenure of maybe five years. Five, six years?
0: Yeah, I mean, actually the House Speaker, you're talking about American, right? Yep. Every two years, you have to elect a new mm. Speaker.
1: But generally, <laughs> they do survive like...
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the last Speaker, of course, was Nancy Pelosi, who, who was a very, very powerful politician. Remember, she went to Taiwan and created all the hoo-ha because she is considered a very, very senior politician.
1: Yeah, but I mean, just her presence in Taiwan itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's I, almost like someone important is there and, and showing some support to the nation and, and China, obviously. Yeah, not, you may not, not
1: necessarily say certain things, but just her presence itself yeah, yeah. already showed that. Look, America is behind. Mm, a very
0: very senior position, yep, basically. Yep. So by the way, the the the, the newly voted speaker is Kevin McCartney. Yep. So uh, just for information, later we're going to play a clip. Now, so, so, it's, yeah, it, so it's third in, second in line. So very, very senior. And, and why it is such an important position because they drive all the legislations. And more importantly, in American Congress, the House of Representatives basically control the budget. So I don't know how many of you have heard the concept of government shutdown. So let's say, you know. Pentagon or whatever department say we need X number of billion each year and for whatever reason the House of Representatives doesn't pass, then what happened would be the government will be like, okay, we will have to have the most essential service they need to stay for national security, for safety generally, then the rest of the staff, you basically no need to come to work and you're not going to get paid.
1: Yeah, I, I guess like for those people who are interested in, in investment, like, I mean, trading mm. in US stock markets, they will just frequently hear this sort of terms like government shutdown. Yeah. Mm. It just sort of blew my mind away. I was like, how can a government shut down? Like,
0: Yeah, d- during during Trump's time, it, it was uh, threatened a few times. During Obama's time, it was actually shut down for quite oh. a while. So it's, I mean, this is American democracy. Okay, <laughs> very, very high level of participation, but yeah, you can do many things, but are you willing to participate? And, and I, somehow, you know, when I think about their system, I just think about Malaysia because so many people are like, once every five years, already so tiring. But it's like, you want change, you need to participate. And I, I just kind of, you know, when local election comes, people will be like moaning and complaining, why do I do vote again? But then when you realize, hey, the councillor are doing a great job to affect your immediate livelihood and lifestyle. Yep. I think people eventually when they see the fruit they will go for it. Yep, yep. So that's one of the things I really hope Komen will push for that. He he did alluded to that, right? Yeah. Then of course another uh tremendous power of Congress is investigative power. So I don't know how many people, how many of our listeners and viewers you heard about the January 6th committee, right? A, a very partisan committee basically tried basically weaponized to try to bring down Trump. Uh, And so why are they powerful? Because they could basically subpoena anyone. Mm -hmm. That means they they can call someone to come to give a testimony, a statement under the power of, they are not caught, but they are similar. Subpoena basically means if you don't come, somebody can technically go and arrest you, but of course it it never happened. And so so it's really just that, but of course the way they did it with Trump is they even forced him to, to come. I mean, they were thinking, but eventually they said no. But many, many constitutional experts have said, look, you are, you see, the Congress is one arm. Then you have the judiciary. Then you have the executive. They are all separate and independent. Mm-hmm. Not one branch has uh, precedence over the other. So you can't call someone who is same rank as you. Yep. So let's say you're four star general in 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 the in the army, then you are another one is four star general uh the uh admiral in, in the navy. They are same rank. You you can't call the other person to come to your office. You can't. So it's the same thing. You can't call Trump or or Biden or whoever go to Congress. Same thing. Hmm. So so that's one thing that this January six I mean it's a, it's a different topic, but they have been very, very bad and evil and they are being exposed right now. So so uh, let, let me see. Okay, so so basically you are the leader of this kind of institution. That's why the speaker is a very, very significant position. But I think what I want to do now is uh, we're going to play a video which took place after the election and finally it's over and we're going to talk a little bit about that because there is some lesson there. And later on in part two, we want to talk about the application to Malaysia. So let's play the first video. It took 15
1: rounds of voting for Kevin McCarthy to finally get the speaker's gavel, but the one holdout was Florida Republican Congressman Matt Gates, the deciding factor and the most vocal critic, uh, arguably, of Speaker McCarthy. So first of all, good morning to you. Good morning. All right. We have a lot to talk about. So you technically still didn't vote for him. You voted present, which says a lot. So what happened? You've spoken at length here at News Nation that you did not want Kevin McCarthy elected speaker. It happened anyway. Did you see this as a win? Did you see this as you got the concessions you needed? What's what's your take?
2: well this is a big win for the house of representatives and the people of our country i believe nancy pelosi is going to be viewed as the last of the imperial speakers that centralized power and really took a lot of the decision making away from the membership to speaker mccarthy's great credit though it did take about 15 rounds of balloting he was willing to decentralized power to give individual members the opportunity to isolate spending, to call it out and to force a vote. We're also gonna have rules that allow open amendments so that legislation can be considered on the merits. And the number one goal of our transformational rules change was to ensure that we never again had an Hmm. omnibus vote where you had to vote up or down on every bit of money to fund the government for nine months, 12 months at a time. We think that there should be individual appropriations bills. That way, spending can get specific scrutiny. And uh, now we've got our speaker, and I wish him the best of luck and hope that we're... All
0: right. So that's uh, Representative Matt Gates, And I, I know like, if you're not familiar with American politics, there'll be so many jargons and concepts, and which is what we want to try to break it down. But this clip really kind of captured my attention because of the word decentralization yep. and, and use that and now now we're going to, now now what, what happened of course really was that they were voting for a speaker and there were about 20 uh, elected representatives who kind of hold out and don't want to support uh, Kevin McCarthy and and kind of demanded a lot of consensus yeah, I which
1: mean, some people even call them the rebels yeah or yeah the extremists
0: terrorists you yeah. know some of them call them terrorists but this is what democracy is all about yep and and the fact was Kevin was not able to get the vote he needed. So 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 this whole thing has a long history. You know, basically the Congress has become very bulky, that it has become very not efficient. Just to give you an example, before this new Congress they just passed a a, a trillion dollar budget, five thousand plus pages, and they just say you have to vote now, give you a few minutes to read. And it's so ridiculous when you think about it. And, and that's why people are, are very angry, they're very mad. And, and so they, they, they say, look, Kevin McCarthy, if you want us to support you, you have to give in to our demand, which I think Matt Gates kind of lists down, okay? We'll go through the list a bit later. I think Lyra, you have some commentary on that. But one of the words, you know, if if one word to describe the whole process is really compromise.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it just sort of showed what happened with the formation of our government as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, I
0: think about Malaysia, right? It's very it's so much compromise.
1: Yeah, but I don't necessarily think compromise here has that sort of negative connotation. Mm. I mean, especially seeing the the sort of achievement that they have they have gained. Yep. It's literally called like the deal of the century.
0: Maybe a better word is consensus. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, perhaps.
0: See the American founders, you know, in the early days and we have already discussed we want to do a separate episode on this it's really a lot of people don't realize after the founding there was a huge disagreement over the direction of the nation hmm. so on one hand you have the federalists they want they want absolute federal control then you have those who fight for fought for state rights Thomas yep. Jefferson so they, they were sort of in tension in strong tension for at least 20-30 years eventually Jefferson's camp prevailed yep. And so that's very interesting because, kind of remind me of Malaysia now. So would you rather say we are, we have compromise or would you rather say we have consensus?
1: Consensus. Consensus. Sound like a better word.
0: Yeah, I, I I think in a way it's true. And how of course one hundred days of Malaysia new government is coming soon. We're going to do an episode on that. But I'll say so far, no major missteps are. Uh. I mean, do you see any major blunder by the new government yet? No. no Maybe part. a bit low profile. Uh, I mean, ringgit versus USD is not too bad, <laughs> but you haven't seen like foot in the mouth kind of thing, not yet. Yep, yep. And so, so, so that's interesting. Then, of course, now one of the things we want to talk about is really, uh, the the things that Matt Gates talk about the compromise you call it the deal of the century. Maybe Lyra, you you like to go through some of the things that managed to get just 20 of them holding up and they got such a good deal, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like one of the very thing, if you look at the C-SPAN videos and stuff mm. like that, I mean, you will just see that the, the vibe totally changed. Mm-hmm. Suddenly there's that sort of synergy that people just come and work together. Yep. Because it's like, if, I guess it's like, once you've gone through, like earlier on, you used the word bulky to describe the whole Congress. So once you sort of eliminate this sort of bulkiness in the SOPs, Mm -hmm. I mean, basically these rules are the standard operating procedures that they have to abide to. So, but once you sort of like have a common consensus and then you could begin to just work on a more effective manner. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they have also just passed a law to basically um, repeal the spending for the 87,000 IRS agents. Mm -hmm. So I think that itself is like such a huge achievement as well. That I mean, it probably is like a little bit unthinkable if you have not mm. if you have not had these twenty group twenty people, the yep. freedom caucus, people um just holding out and then getting Kevin McCarthy to just cross the line.
0: Yep, yep. Now there's one which is d- discussed very much is a Jeffersonian yep. motion. Okay, maybe you would like to just kind of share with our audience and listeners what that is.
1: Yeah, so the Jeffersonian Jefferson <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson's single-person motion. So mm. basically, it vacate for accountability. Mm. So it's like you make sure you have like at least like 72 hours to read the bill. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine it? It's like a lot of these things, like what you say, like the omnibus sort of bill that has been mm. tabled, then basically you have to read like a couple of thousands pages. Yep. But you're only just given a very, very short amount of time. I mean, of course, if you're looking at things like uh, Nine Eleven um per harbour that sort of things yes mm-hmm. everyone just have to like come in immediately do their job yep. but does that happen all the time you know because if you put in everything and then um, that I mean this is like just omnibus sort of thing so mm-hmm. I think that, that we will talk about it a little bit later on but then in terms of this it's like um, you, you basically have one member to one member motion to vacate the speaker yep. so he can just come and say like look I don't have a vote of confidence Mm. and then and then the whole thing can just start so
0: so to give perspective to our listeners and viewers is as if one member of parliament can move the motion of no confidence against the prime minister which which is the right but of course uh, nobody will do that I I mean you'll get borrowed real badly (laughs) by your your party but of course there is also a balance because the speaker will have to break some rules for this to take place so if he's doing his job, if he's honoring the rules, then nobody has the right to file the motions to vacate him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, even like the squads, I mean, AOC and mm. gangs, they they also like kind of agreed to this. Yeah, it, Yuhang Omar well. was
0: one of those. She tweeted that, hey, this is good, you know, mm. uh, which is surprising. Yeah, Because that's why I want to think, again, this might be a future episode. We're talking about the the, the, the grassroots movement on both the left and right, maybe they have more in common than mm. the establishment. Interesting. So, you know, and people have been saying that look, Bernie Sanders have more in common with MAGA than the establishment Democrat. But of course, you, you know, we, we don't know what they did to him, what kind of reward they gave to him. Now he, he was like firmly behind Biden and things like that. Mm. But you, you never know what kind of cooperation, like, like our own government, <laughs> what kind of, yeah, it's so interesting. I, I mean, we're, we're still, every day I'm like, uh, are we going to get, uh, are we going to get an explosion? Are we going to get an earthquake? But so far, so good, right? Mm. Then, okay. Then I think the other very important thing is really no more Omnibus uh, package. Okay. So so maybe you, you like to just quickly describe the Omnibus why some in fact, many uh, uh, rep- elected representatives are not happy with that. So so what's Omnibus and why it is bad?
1: So Omnibus is basically you package a lot of bills together. Mm-hmm. You just table it. Then they could only just vote yes or no. Yep. That's it. You can only vote for or against. So so basically, that's really how the swamp works. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, we have been hearing a lot of terms like draining the swamp, draining the swamp, but swamp really are those group of people who really are just so supportive of like, wow. Well, like trillion dollar spending, but don't really care about the debt of the the nation in total. So, and they basically just like package a whole 1.7 trillion, 1.7 trillion, yes, monstrosity that like Republicans, they just Mm. sort of adopt. So it's like, and also like talking about that trillion dollar spending, the omnibus spending and the amount of time that they were being given to just, Defend and debate yep. over that. It's ex- very, very little, and they purposely will just wait until like Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly it's like you have a lot of people like just wanting to go back then, or they say or oh, government shutdown that sort of things. Yep. And how can you risk a government shutdown during a festive season? <laughs> so so that's sort all of things like so a lot of people will be like thinking how but how can you vote for like uh like so much money funding yep, to yep. to Ukraine for example. And here we are, the people here in the America, they are really just suffering like inflation and stuff like that. So yep. so that sort of thing just goes to show that there is no, I would say it's like no morality in terms of like, mm. you, you don't care about the state of the people. All you care about is like, I get everything passed. Yes, It is strategic in nature, but that also goes to show like what happened in Malaysia as well. When Sabah and Sarawak were just being downgraded, to become a state, because at that time they were trying to pass like forty-five acts altogether, them mm. very very little time as well. I think about one week time, sort of to just basically look through everything, and everyone is just given like a couple of minutes to debate. Yeah, you don't really have a lot of time, so sometimes some of the things like the most obvious ones are the 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 thing that you would tend to miss mm. out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so you were mentioning right that the whole omnibus concept just sort of remind you of what happened even in Malaysia. Yep. So I think our times is up already for this part one, but I just want to wrap up by by kind of summarizing what uh, the new speaker has have achieved. Of course, you already mentioned that 87,000 RIS funding has been cut, but they also formed subcommittee to investigate abuse mm. of DOJ, Department yep. of Justice and FBI, which is now, you know, they are in the spotlight because they are just so terrible in terms of their uh, administration. Of course, they also form a subcommittee on the influence of CCP in China, which is what the American people wanted. I mean, remember what we say is investigative power. They don't have the, they don't have the executive power, but it, it will at least bring things to light. Yep. So anyway, we're, we're done for this part. In part two, we will try to talk about how all this applies to Malaysia and the whole concept of decentralization. Hmm. So we're taking a short break and we will come back for part two. Yep. All right. See you later.
1: See ya.